All right, so um, we are here, West Coast Studio, and don't get nervous. No. I, I I have this nervous excitement. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Um, West Coast Studio. Mm -hmm. It's Valentine's Day. Yep. Um, I don't even know how. How are you here right now with Jamie just letting you be gone? I know, man. I know. Like, did you get the approval? So, by the way, for those that don't know, whenever Chris gets into trouble on the podcast because of stuff that he shouldn't have correct. said, Jamie is in the studio and he tries to blame it on me. Also correct. And I'm constantly having to say, hey, I'm not taking the fall for this. You one. bring it out of me. <laughs> I'm innocent until and, I sit with you. And then it's just like, I got no filter. And, and he's constantly like, look, if you would have said something wrong and Sabrina was here, I would have your back. And I'm like, I wouldn't say something Listen, wrong. Listen, I'm going to tell you me. right now, for those that are just listening and watching right now, I apologize publicly, Ken. <laughs> this is episode 16. The last one we did, I just started right out of the gate ripping on you with your watch. And yes, you're yes. all that, right? Yep. Next episode, you bring your whole posse here. I, I, I had mean, to get back Seriously, up. you talk about you bringing in the mafia stuff. That's what you brought in. This whole live studio audience. <laughs> to, to you got Big Mike over there. You brought your father-in-law. <laughs> and I'm telling you, you brought your mother-in-law here to keep me straight. So right. I just want to apologize for anything I've said in the past offensive. Because you obviously, uh, that was a pretty good counter move, it's, man. It's all good. So brought me out of my element. Brought the family in. I just want to say publicly, I apologize for ripping on your janky shoes and all here the clothes. Here we are. And, See, so he's going to start here again. <laughs> and the right? fact you wearing dress pants with nice hold shoes on the team. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> See, so now, now we're going to go here again where he wants to start playing <laughs> it. So first of all, you're wearing running shoes. Yeah. And you're the sheriff. Yeah. Now, aren't you guys supposed to be rocking like some sort of cool boots and things? Boots yeah. And stuff yeah. like that. There, you know what? I got to tell you, there's a story on this. And that is, I forgot my boots. Okay. And I can't wear anything but this because I have some nice loafers for a meeting we're having on Monday. So, yeah, I, How I, come I take you couldn't it. wear the it. nice loafers here? How come you couldn't put on I socks? could, but it's I, this Valentine's is, Day. Valentine's Day. I could Day. literally change into a sweet getup right now in the car that yep. Adam drove, but uh, uh, I, I, I have to accept it. And I could take my shoes and socks no, off because I already told again. you please I got don't. perfect feet. Please and don't. I made them even more perfect to come out to California because <laughs> I know how you guys are. That's right. Everything's again. everything's top notch out here from head to <laughs> toe. Right. Now in Flint, not so much. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> so <laughs> we accept a little bit more. You take your feet off, shoes off, and it's just like snaggletooth. Yeah, but no, out here, don't. you got to have yourself put together. What size shoes do you wear? That's 10 and a half. Mm. These are Asics. I ran five and a half miles in those this morning. <laughs> all right. I ran all. Did you really yeah. this morning? Yeah, we're in Chula Vista, right? Yeah, yeah. How come you didn't wake me up? You know I should have. Yeah, I was up. I would have gone for a run. So last time we ran though, all you did no, was complain. No, 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 no. You we're not going there. You we're did. not going there. One, <laughs> I did not complain. Two, I didn't. And know. She was about five hundred yards behind me. I used to be a Nike runner. <laughs> I used to be a Nike Whatever, runner. Man, no, no. <laughs> so he takes us on this these rolling hills. After I'm sleep deprived from coming that's off true. of this flight, that's true. That's, was that's true. Was not expecting to run, yep. and then all of a sudden you're like on level <laughs> a million, and I had to keep up. But that's honestly where the podcast started and got us where we are today. And Absolutely. it is Valentine's Day, so let me just say, truth to your family and your friends, to you, man, I love you, Thank you. and uh, love you I love what we're doing. I love Mike, Big Mike Rust back there, Absolutely, fan man. number one of you, <laughs> love it. And then now he's watching it live. Oh, love it, love Mike it, Mike Rust, yeah. man, and he was one of the donors. Even though he want, doesn't want to be identified. Multiple times. But for Walk With Us. Yeah, Walk With Us, um, Minneapolis, like a number of things that, that we Man, I love you, Mike Ross. <laughs> um, Mike Ross right back know, there. That, that level of support. And, and while you're sharing all of this. Let's give Mike Ross a hand. There we go. Yeah. Boom! We got sound effects! How do you know that you did that to that hand? I've memorized it. Really? Yeah, I memorized it. Just Yo. like this is the kids. Boom, kids! So, so by the way, his memory is crazy. Because like when he calls out dates, like dates that we met and dates that we've worked on stuff. And I was telling him, <laughs> the only person that I've ever known to do anything like that is my dad and i'm like i don't know do you really? reach a certain age as an old guy that, oh, like you start to my <laughs> gosh oh my where, gosh where you memorize everything and then and then eventually then your mind just starts let me to just slip. say that he just challenged me to a run that uh he will pay for that comment <laughs> seriously i'm gonna get it i'm gonna have my phone with me so just, <laughs> all right i'm looking forward to it. how old are you i'm not gonna say how now old are you? sabrina how old is uh your man She's not going to say she has my back. Oh, my gosh. She has my back. So you got to be in your late 30s, if not. 39. 39. Thanks, Taylor. 
See, I, Taylor Swift back there. Producers are they even supposed to be talking? They're my team. The they're my team. They're for me. They're they're East Coast. East Coast posse. <laughs> this is like Tupac and Biggie right here, man. Right, Seriously, right. yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> right. uh, thirty nine. So wait a second. No, you got a birthday right. coming up. No, no, just passed. Oh, okay. December. So you're gonna be forty in less than 40. a year. Oh, sorry, I can't. That, do that. that makes me nervous, actually. Do you even 40? know how I am? You've got to be like 52. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Got to be 52. Dude, I'm 48. Are you really? But I'm like 16 in my head. I believe yeah, that. 16 in my head. I, I know 52. <laughs> Seriously. I didn't really think you were 52. You know what? I look at it as at 48, I still have half my life to go because yes. I promised myself I'd lived over 100. But at 52, I'm going to be dead half my life. So I can't be 52 yet. Yeah. No, yep. I, I believe that. And I, I think, and even though I'm clowning you about, about your age, I'm Honestly, I feel like you can spar with the best of them regardless Thanks, of how young they are. Yeah, I, see, I can, that's I can it. See that. I, I'll go so light on you. I'll I'm do not. that since it's Valentine's Day and, and right. we're spreading some love. So because today is Valentine's Day, that was one of the reasons why the whole family and, mm. and crew is here. So for anyone hearing noise coming through the microphone, I literally have beautiful. Um, twins who just came out of their terrible twos like last week. <laughs> so there is no controlling them. So if you hear a bunch of screaming and tantrums, you guys know the family is on the other side. Um, and so because beautiful it's Valentine's family. Day. You can always tell a man by his family and his family's beautiful. So thank you. Thank well you. Done. I appreciate that. Yep. And likewise, same for you. Like that yep. first time I kicked it at your house, I was like, man, Swanson, yep. he's got it together. This Thanks, is, man. Uh, Thanks. Good stuff. And, and I don't know if I had ever said, so sometimes I call him Swanson. Sometimes I call him Chris. Sometimes I call him Sheriff. But the funny thing about calling him Swanson, I've never met anyone that refers to themselves in third person. <laughs> and the second day that I had ever hung out with him, I came to watch him preach in a church. And he comes out onto the pulpit. And the first thing he says is, Swanson's here. And I'm like, what pastor says that? <laughs> like refers to himself in third That's person. That's true. I remember that. And then I remember that. goes on and preaches this amazing message, Thanks, by man. the way. Yep, so thank you. Um, it was in moments like that, mm -hmm. that I was like, you know what? I want to work with this guy. And actually it was after you came off the, uh, That's right. off the stage in I church. Can, I, I can see it. And I had told your wife, I said, you know what? The name of the show should be black and blue. And right away I saw it click yep. in her head. And yep. I guess you guys had a conversation when once you got in the car or got back home. And I think that's when it started to become real. Well, that was the Sunday. And then back it up. Remember right before we ran, you're mm -hmm. like, we need to do a podcast. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good, man. Yep. I said, because I mean, you live over here in San mm -hmm. Diego. I live in Flint. I'm like it, unless it's it's, it's scalable, unless it's, you know, it's sustainable. I, and I don't we can see, be committed. Yeah. Like I, that. and we had literally just met like two hours before, mm -hmm. But here we are, 16 episodes later. Yeah. Uh, I go over to my buddy Adam's house, who's your buddy that we introduced uh, back in November. Yep. And the first thing out of his wife's mouth is, oh my gosh, I love the episode. And that like warmed my heart, just like your family and Mike. When people hear that, because yeah. I don't listen, I haven't listened to a single episode. Yeah. I, I, Isn't that um, crazy? through them. Yeah. I don't like critiquing my I know, because we'd be much. so hard on ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. So I but just. But to have those people it. say it, Mm -hmm. I mean that means a lot because they're not gonna they're not gonna hold back. They they would say what they thought. They yep. wouldn't show up on a Sunday morning for a live studio audience for all the kids. <laughs> That's the kids. There you go. I love this. So, um, so the the cool thing about um, the fact that we're here now and it's it's Valentine's Day. Um, I I felt like we should kind of go into this episode about just what love means, mm. marriage, family, all of that, right? Because I think sometimes. When people see the work that we do, yep. they see you as having to be the big tough guy sheriff that has to make all of the difficult decisions. Sometimes your decisions can mean life or death for someone, can mean freedom or incarceration for someone, mm -hmm. right? For me, <clears throat> when I'm out on the, on the front lines, um, I see a lot of these things, right? I see really extreme things. And, and I think people don't often... Um, imagine like our families and things behind the right. scenes, right? Yep. When we're in the danger zone and we're doing some of the high risk work that we do. And so I would love to kind of uh, give our backstory as to like the husbands that mm. we became, the fathers that we yeah. became. And so I think you've shared a little bit of um, how you and Jamie met, but for the listeners, yeah. like share that story, story of love, how you guys got to where you are. Well, let me start by, as the sheriff of Genesee County in Flint, Michigan, it's a violent community. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw my first violent death when I was 18 years old. <clears throat> I was an internship and uh, 
Um, it was a guy who uh, committed suicide with a 32 caliber, and I was I was somebody who'd never been exposed to that. And the wife had just came back from Burger King, and I could smell the fries and the Whopper, and it just the screams and and it was just like traumatic to me. And uh, coming from an environment where I'd never seen that, uh, it was uh, it was what started me on my journey to be a licensed paramedic. Yeah. And I was a medic at 20, and I was a police officer at 21. So a lot of people think that I was a medic later in life, but I was actually a medic licensed in the state of Michigan running the uh, streets at 20. And since then, and then, of course, law enforcement, and, of course, being an investigator, and then an undercover officer and all that in the dope world, I have seen literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dead people. Wow. And uh, in tragedy. And I've, you know, taken confessions from horrible, evil individuals and also statements from victims that whose lives will never be the same. And you see all that in a high-crime <laughs> environment. And it really, you really wonder, like, who... Who is the person behind the scenes? Yeah. Just like I'm going to ask you the question a little bit is what is it like when you're standing between, you know, good and evil yeah. and, and, and hate and hate and all that's happening and people are getting run over and people are getting, what's up, Mike? Yeah, what's up, Mikey? You got a special guest. <laughs> special guest. Like so, I said, the babies are here. That's it. So you yeah. wonder like, um, like how, how does somebody go home into a support Aww. family like that? Yep. And, and if you don't have that, then you can't do this part. So I, I do love what I do. Come on, Sabrina. You're okay. You can grab it. Oh, look at that. See, that's love right there. That's love. Uh, by the way, as a, I'm not joking. As a police leader, no matter where I am, when either one of my boys call, I stop what I'm doing. I take their call. Wow. Unless I'm in the middle of a speech that I don't have my phone, yeah. I always take that. So no shame in that, man. Yeah. Family's always cool. going to be Because they don't care about what you do. <laughs> At all. <laughs> right. They just want that. Yep. So that being said, uh, I got involved in that type of world and... Uh, it just has never stopped. And yeah. so being now going on 29 years in the game, yeah. hired in 1993, you really do wonder, like, how do you keep such a good attitude? And how do you keep optimism? And how do you keep a family together? Because yeah. police officers, uh, you know, the public sees that as, uh, you know, you you know, you cheat on your spouse and you, you hate life and you drink all the time and all your friends are cop friends. Well, that's not me. Because yeah. I chose not to be that. Absolutely. And uh, That's a common thing in law yeah, enforcement. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've heard of, like, the suicide rates and, and things yes. like that. Um, I mean, look at the Domestic capital. abuse, yeah. I mean, you had people, because that pressure, and then you add on top of it, we get sued. Mm -hmm. And not only that, our damages can be punitive, so our family's paying for damages on a civil lawsuit. Yeah. And then you have, whether it's a federal lawsuit, a state lawsuit, you know, the complaints come in and, and, and I, I have personal experience with that. And you wonder when they, when they, when you read the, the, the complaint on a lawsuit, you think, who is this person they're talking about? Yeah. And then you got to go defend that for three years. And then on top of that, you obviously have media pressure, you have the pressure of community, you know, you just see all that. So it's a hard, hard profession, yeah. but it's nothing I nothing I would never do again. Yeah. You know, third generation police. So what's behind the scenes? First of all, uh, I, I married a great woman. I met in jail. Yeah. Let that settle. <laughs> right. Don't press on that. Let, me, let that settle. Let me a button. That's right. Yeah, but I haven't memorized it. Oh, I got it right here. Then my girl in jail. Uh, so I was, uh, I, I got hired at 20 years old full time. Yeah, cool. And, uh, you know, you're in the jail and there's 580 of the most violent people and nine out of 10 of them are addicts, yep. co-addicted or addicted. Uh, half of them are mentally ill. And that's in jails across the country, by the way. The average reading level is sixth grade. The average math level is five to six yep. grade. Uh, half the population can't even read or write. Right. And uh, Hidden walks this blonde on June 2nd, the day I started in 93, and she's a social worker. The dates. See what I was oh, saying? Like, I he knew the dates. I know. I can't tell you a date that I met Sabrina. I just Better know I met her. Right. <laughs> I know my anniversary, it's Valentine's man. Day, bro. Come on. That's right. So <laughs> I just had uh, I just had this feeling like like this this girl's special, right? Yeah. And uh, she's going to hate saying this, but she's five years, five and a half years older than me. Mm -hmm. And she's my balance. And uh, we started talking and, you know, and, and it just had this click. And even at that age, I wasn't looking for somebody just to go out to. I was looking for a spouse. Yeah. And I had dated a bunch of women beforehand since I was 16, my first date. So I had like four years and, and I just liked the, the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was very uh, strict on my morals and, and I, I wasn't a player by any means, but I just wanted to find a spouse, you yeah. know, somebody I could just, you know, be with. I was already in my undergrad at that point because I graduated high school at 17. So I was already in a two year, four year. So I was really let to settle down. I yeah. wanted to smash the world, you know? Yeah. 
Well, I, I went out with her uh, on a Wednesday. I called her up and I'm like, hey, I said, uh, if you ever want to go to church or something, let me know. And I gave her a pack of Skittles. <laughs> I that's did. my candy, man. I saw it over there. Kids yes, candy. There you go. I know. It. Really I tell you, this is supposed to be. That's yeah. why we love each other, man. <laughs> that's what it is. I love you. <laughs> Note to self, pack of Skittles for Ken. Pack Ken. of Skittles, man. Keep them in the Swanson I'm going to, man. Club. They're going to be the Cabana Club. There we go. I got you. All right, cool. Do you like original, tropical? Only original. All those other, like the oh. blue packs and the yellow. Okay, all right. Gross. Original Skittles. Mm-hmm. Jordan, don't forget. So uh, <laughs> I literally went out. Uh, it was... Uh, you know, July 4th, yep. fifth is her birthday, right? Mm-hmm. So we went out July 2nd and I just met her June yep. and I literally went out with her. And then three weeks later, she hates this part of the story. I went to a beach over on the West part of the state uh-huh. and it was in Port Huron. And I said, you know, I'm going to marry you three weeks after I started dating. Her. Crazy man. Yeah. And, uh, but you told her this or you thought I did, this. I told her this, but I had this good feeling and she's again, she's already in her career. She's already been out of college. She's already living on her own yeah. and she was looking for the same thing. And in fact, I didn't realize till later that she was frustrated that she didn't have a man in her life that she could maybe see herself in the future. So when I showed up, yeah. trust me, I was a late bloomer too. I was a dorky and, and donkey looking and it was meant to be only by the grace of God. Yeah. As I said, I didn't bloom till later, but she was a hot blonde right out of the gate. Yeah. You know, you said you used to be a chubby kid. Yeah, I did. Not then, no, as much. Okay. But I did. I was a chubby kid, and then I just got to the police academy, so I was a little lean. And then I I just, the uniform hides a lot. My lunch back before I started getting into uh, competitions in 2000, no joke, was a peanut butter jelly sandwich on white bread, Casey barbecue chips, either a Swiss cake roll or oatmeal pie, and two high C drink boxes. Isn't that, I mean, yeah. I was like in third grade. It's like an eight-year-old I used to lunch. literally go down the road <laughs> eating my Casey barber chips, going to a guy not breathing. I'm like, hey, just doing, <laughs> seriously, because I'd work like, it's you terrible. know, out of an eight-hour shift, so that was my double snack. It's yeah. terrible. <laughs> Anyhow, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Uh, you can't run an Ironman by eating Casey barbecue no, no. chips and Swiss cake rolls, yeah. but you can get pudgy. And, uh, and so when I started just going down this path, I'm like, you know, we're going to marry. I told her, I said, when I ask you to marry me, you'll know because there's going to be a dozen roses that show up that next week. Yeah. You know, when the week shows up and there's a dozen roses, you know something about to jump off, right? And uh, it was February the 12th. I send her the roses. Mind you, this is 14th, so we're talking two days ago. Yeah. It was our 28th, 27th year anniversary of this moment. And I drove her out to the Port Huron Beach, and it's blowing snow in Michigan. It's freezing. Yeah. And uh, she's like, what are we doing here? And I picked her up. And I carried it through the snow up to my shins, and I went to almost the exact same spot. Yeah. And I'm like, it's freezing cold. And she was, I'm like, don't drop the ring in the snow. And she's like, yeah, of course. And got her back in the car. And there's a picture she has showing her ring in the car. And we had a nice dinner. And she was so, so, you know, overcome with emotion. I joke with her now because she's like, tell me exactly what you just said. Because I had to repeat it. Yeah. Because she was just like, what's happening? Did you pick her up? Because didn't Rocky do that? I feel like part of this is coming from, right? Did Rocky, Rocky pick up Adrian? Yeah, when he picked up Adrian at the zoo no, or something he, like that. Did he pick her up? That I was after. Did. Are you sure? Yeah, when he's like, you know, you got you got caps and I got caps. Yeah, yeah, and we got no caps. Right. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Mr. Lion. She said, yeah. No, yeah. he didn't pick her up till later. I, I picked her up to carry her out there. All right. <laughs> You're thinking I plagiarized my, my engagement. No, man. From the Jamie, Rocky I movie. swear you came from the heart. <laughs> all right. I didn't like I was making sure this no, was original. No, it was right, original. Right. It was original. There was no lions. Okay. But it was snowy. That yeah. was me. Remember that? You know, you, I love that. So anyhow, we go have a nice dinner. We go back. We get married July 23rd, 1994. And uh, I'm celebrating my 27th year wedding anniversary. Congrats. I love Jamie like it was, uh, like it was the first day we met. Nice. I text her all the time. I make it a point to date my wife all the time and uh, we got two boys they they i would say they love the lord they love the mom in that order i'm a happy man awesome riley's 22 jordan's 19 he's right there in the back of the set um you know they both have their own businesses they both are you know in college and and doing well uh they both have a servant's heart and so when i look at like my family man my wife has been there and trust me married to me i couldn't marry me (laughs) i'd be like that ain't gonna work right uh but jamie's my balance and that's what makes our relationship so well describe that the balance like uh well, I've gone by temperaments. There's four temperaments, cleric, sanguine, phlegmatic, and melancholy. And uh, that's what we are built in our in our DNA. Yeah. And cleric is hard charging, build a ladder to the moon and 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 just tell me where to start, when to start, and I'll yeah. take care of it. That's you. Sa- yeah, it is. Yeah. Sanguine is I like to have fun all the time and I like to keep it light, even in tragedy. That's mm-hmm. me too. Yep. Melancholy are very detail oriented. They love directions. They love engineering. That's Adam. Mm. 
Yeah. And uh, phlegmatic like yeah. uh, are people that like to, you know, they're the ones when the family goes into crisis, they put the family together. People come there, they like peace, you know, Gandhi, uh, people like that. Yeah. Uh, and I don't mind that too, obviously, but my main temperament is cleric sanguine. I, I'm a hard charger. I'm a creator. You know, I, I sleep when I die. That's yeah. not Jamie. She's melancholy phlegmatic. Mm. So she loves details. She loves to just calm things down. And, and that's the balance. Yeah. And uh, I've noticed it, she's a good listener. Sabrina is right. like that too. Like I, um, I've, she's very chill and you guys can probably see that oh, in yeah. her personality. Whereas like you said, you couldn't marry yourself. I probably couldn't marry someone that That's had right. the same energy and, and, nope. um, life of the party kind right. of, right. And so it takes us having opposites of who we are yeah. uh, in order Gaps. for that balance to be. Absolutely. Thank you, Rocky. Yeah. Hey, see, I still think you plagiarized your whole oh engagement gosh. story. So. Yours better be better than that. Way and better. I'm going to tell you. Way I'm, better. I'm talking about Rockies because mine was really, really, really Way better. Good. All right. So, well, and, and since you're calling me out now. So, first of all, I'll backtrack before it even gets to my engagement story. So, I was in, I was in college uh, here in San Diego and... Um, I was kind of in a transitional period where uh, I was leaving college. I kind of wanted to get to know who my dad was. Because remember, I shared with you, my yes. dad was removed from the house when I was eight. Um, I met him again the summer before I went to college. Mm. And so at some point, I so knew. you were like 17 I, at the time. About, well, 17 was my freshman year. So like 18, Six, 19 okay, years okay, old. Okay, yeah. It. And so I was uh, up at the college and my mom was going to a church here in San Diego called CWC. And um, she started asking me if I'm dating girls in college or anything like that. And I was like, Ma, we don't talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and she's like, well, I, you should come down to my church and, um, and spend some time here. And so I guess she tried to use like dating as bait, right? Because she knew the age that I was oh, at. Yeah. And so she's like, to get you to church. To come to her church, right? Because right I was like, I'm not driving 40 minutes from, I was living in North County, uh, 40 minutes to come to your church. And she's like, there's some really pretty girls here that love the Lord. I think you should, I was like, what is That's she talking awesome. about? So I come down and, and I think she, at, at that time, um, she didn't know kind of where I was mentally, but I remember that Sunday that I had come there, I had seen Sabrina and it was not the Sabrina that you see right now. It was actually goth Sabrina. What? Black nail oh polish. Oh my gosh. Like, just yeah, definitely like Marilyn Manson stuff. Kind of like weird. Wow, that's scary. Like her, her purse, I think, or something. It was, was like it made out purple? of safety pins and all of that. Oh, yeah. Like just strange, right? I'm so glad I met the fun Sabrina today. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> the upgraded Sabrina? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. This so is creepy. It's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, that's right. Share stories oh, of love, gosh, right? That's all hilarious. Right. So, so I'm at the church gosh, and I, I see that version of Sabrina. Yeah, <laughs> somehow I saw through all of that stuff. And I was like, wow, that's a really pretty girl. Right. And so she's got on these, these shoes that I think you had beads through the, uh, through the laces, right? Like these beads. And, um, and I was trying to think of something to say to her because her personality, you could tell she's in her own world. She's not really focused on everything that's going around. And so I was like, she probably doesn't even see me or recognize the fact that I'm this new guy in church. Mm -hmm. Right. So we were all standing outside church. Everybody's just kind of hanging out. And, um, I was like, those are nice shoes. Like that was all I could think of. That's right? the opener. Those nice shoes. And um, and so, you know, she responded back. And then at some point, uh, myself and a couple of buddies there at the church, I was trying to start a real estate investment club for college age kids because I saw how much money was being spent on rental properties. So okay. I was like, we should just start buying up these rental properties and renting them out. So I invited her to a meeting. So she comes to this meeting and, and what the rumor is, is why she and a friend of hers, I think it was either Jenny or Michaela that she was talking to during this meeting. Um, she's being disruptive during my meetings what? and I'm like <laughs> telling my boy Bo, like, what's up with them? Right. And it turns out the reason why they were being disruptive, she was telling the girl, like either Michaela or Jenny, I feel like that's going to be my husband in the wow, future. Okay. Right. And we've only known each other for like a little bit. Am I telling this part right, Serena? Yeah, this see, is great. Right. Just and got so, approval from Sabrina. Keep going. Yeah. So, so she says, so I didn't know this until way later on. Right. right? Why they were, being but you're, disruptive. you're upset that she was being disruptive. Yeah. I'm like, why are they, I thought they're going to be paying attention. We're, we're going over some really cool stuff. And so even still, I was like, well, I want to take her on a date. And here's like for the guys, especially the young guys that listen to the podcast, like be creative in your approach for your first date. Right. So what I did yeah. was and I don't get um, pulled over. And don't get pulled over right. during the day. Yeah, he would know. No, Adam got pulled over. When? 
when he was dating his wife for the very first time in Princeton. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. But you married her. That's right. So then you won. It's all good. That's it. Yeah, Maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Good. Go ahead. So, um, so as a huge fan of the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory movie. Original or second version? The original one. That, okay. Like the weird one is just okay. that's strange. Um, so uh, the whole golden ticket idea. I was oh, like, yeah. let me get creative. I created this, uh, this golden ticket. First date? First date, right? Like wow. a real, like original kind okay. of date. I made this golden ticket and I had booked a, um, like a dinner cruise here in the San Diego Harbor. Um, her parents, like your mom would probably remember the, uh, the golden ticket. Do you remember the golden ticket from, from her, our first date? Wow. You do? See, look at that. Like, see, Dang. my wife's mom is here in the building and she even remembers that because again, creativity matters, right? It's yeah. not just, wow. Hey, you want to go out to lunch or something? Right. And so. I gave her that. We went on a date. Um, we we dated for um, I don't even know how many months. I'm not as good of, uh, with dates as you are, but because I was still in this transitional period of wanting to know who my dad was, one day I just up and left. Oh wow! Disappeared, moved to Philadelphia, and I was uh, I moved to Philly for like a year or two. Came back to California. Uh, signed the running deal with Nike. So I was absent for about six years. Oh my gosh. Six years, right? Never like gave Never her any information. With her? No, didn't tell her like why I was leaving, where Did I went. Did you say goodbye? Hardly. I, like I pulled wow. up. Wow. We just got to know from the audience. <laughs> wow. This is what you should do. Young do not fellas. do that. Don't do not do that. Do that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I can't put my foot up. But I want um, so I was gone for six years, right? So during this six-year period, I moved up to San Francisco. Well, I went to Philadelphia for a little bit, got to know my dad. Um, that didn't really work out too well. Came back uh, to Northern California. I was running track with Nike. Uh, started a, a business out there, started doing well. And I was hanging out with my brother one day, Prince. And, and God bless Prince because I don't know that Sabrina and I would even be married right now if it wasn't for my brother looking out. So one day, uh, Prince and I were, were hanging out, and he goes, um, hey, Kenny, whatever happened with Sabrina? You guys were a good look. And oh, I was wow. like, really? And he was like, yeah, man, I feel like out of anybody, that, that's probably, she makes the most sense to have like, been the person that you marry. So I was like, huh, I'll call her and um, see how she's doing. And so I called her, and uh, surprisingly, I still had her number. And then like when I told her it was Kenny, she goes, Kenny Valdivia? I was like, who Ooh. the heck is that? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome right that's the first thing she said and Good so i was you. like no nah, i'm you, cool man he, he did you wrong for six years <laughs> you deserve that one so i hung up right so i was like man this this is crazy so one day i come down to san diego and um i had seen her on i was uh, on the trolley and i just randomly run into her on the trolley you remember that i'd seen her on the trolley did she still goth um, not goth, but she was just, she was not having it. I've been gone oh, for six years. Yeah, right? right. So I was like, look, here's my number. I've moved up to, to San Francisco and like, I knew nothing was going to come of it. She was totally giving me the cold shoulder. Right. So I was like, okay, well you have my number. If you need anything, call me. Went back up to the Bay area. Um, at some point she called me. I, uh, I had come back down here and I had told, uh, my brother that I was going to go to dinner with her. So I was like, we should just go to Denny's. Should have been IHOP, you know, my thing. Yeah, no IHOP, doubt. Right. So, um, we went to Denny's, we chilled there for a little bit. And then when I left there, um, I had told her because now she had a daughter by this point. Right. And so I told her, um, has your daughter ever been to, to Disneyland? And so she was like, no, we haven't been to Disneyland. She had a birthday coming up. And I was like, okay, I want to take her to Disneyland. And so we went to Disneyland. From Disneyland, I was living in San Francisco. What year is this now? I'm not as good with dates as you. Maybe 05, 06? Yeah. So 05, 06, um, take her to Disneyland. I get back up to San Francisco. And now that same moment that you had, yeah. I start packing everything up. I said, I want to marry her. There you go. Right? You just know. And you just know mm -hmm. right away. And so um, it was days later and I had told my brother Prince, I was like, I want to go buy her a ring. Right. And so we go to, um, we go to Robin's brothers and uh, Robin's brothers is a jewelry store here in San Diego. And I had made a little bit of money with this company that I was working on. And so they start bringing out the various stones. Right. And uh, the first diamond they came out, I guess 
they assumed because I was a young guy, they're trying to make it fit in my budget. And yeah. then Prince goes, um, no, man, my, my brother is, is a baller. Bring out a bigger diamond and a bigger diamond. And then yeah. they just keep on bringing out all of these additional stones. Um, we set on, on this one and I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to marry her. Right. And so I um, got back, uh, back here and here's how you do things the right way. Right. So, um, and you know, what's so crazy. I think at the time they were attending a church in this very parking lot right here. Am I right? Pop is this where we were? And wow. so if, on of, the other side of this very building, the West coast headquarters, same property. Yes. So crazy. same parking lot that we're in right now, they were attending a church there and I went to her dad to first ask, ask her hand absolutely. in marriage yep. before even bringing it up to her, right? Yeah. And so I invited her dad to um, to a Laker game, and um, we go to a Laker game. I um, I think I brought gifts because, like, in my African culture, you can't ask someone's hand in marriage without bringing gifts. So what'd you bring? I think I brought you a watch, right, Pop? I brought a watch, yeah. And wow. then I took the pastor out. We went to a Laker game. We, we had dinner over there. I asked for, for her hand in marriage. They gave the approval. And so then I got a house over here. I was still living in San Francisco at the time. Wow. Hadn't even like left everything there. Um, got this house all prepared. And, um, and I was like, I'm going to marry her. And so I told her that I'm going to be searching around for houses because I'm thinking about moving to San yeah. Diego. And so I have some appointments set up with realtors. And so I was like, I'll pick you up after church and then we'll ride around and check out some of these places. So I think we had gone to like one or two uh, homes prior to, and then we went out to lunch. And, and she, I see her smiling there because she'll remember this lunch. Um, we went to, it was like a Japanese beef bowl sort of place. And because I knew that I was going to be proposing to her in like 30 minutes or so, for some reason, like my throat just tightened oh up. Oh my gosh. And I start choking, choking on my food. Like I cannot, Sabrina, you remember this? <laughs> like I was sweating. I had gone to the bathroom. I literally thought I was going to die in the bathroom. Oh my like, gosh. Like I could not breathe. Yeah, you had like esophageal spasms. It like seized yeah. up. Yes. Right with food yeah. in there. And you couldn't swallow your spit or nothing? No. Yeah. And then like it was just like this lump. And I was in the bathroom like trying to force myself to throw, throw up. And I was yeah, like, man, I'm going to die yeah. in the Yoshinoya bathroom <laughs> with, with a ring, the ring in, in my pocket, right? So I was like, I can't do this. That's right. And so, um, so eventually I got it together and then, um, that's, yep. we go on to the next house and the next house I had told her family and friends be waiting oh, inside nice. this house. And so we, uh, we get to that house. I think she knew something was up cause I start turning the doorknob of the house. By then you're already nervous cause yeah. you know, I know what I'm about to do. And so I go into the house, everyone screams surprise. She was like, what are you guys all doing here? Oh and gosh. I think it was her mom or my mom was like, this is your house, Sabrina. And she's like, what? Oh. It's like, this is your house. And then by the time she turned around to look at me, Dude. I was on one knee with the ring. Good for you, so, man. Yeah. Grand slam. There we go. Grand See that? slam. Look at that. Did not plagiarize that from the Rocky movie. Did not. Did not. <laughs> no, did not. But you did bring up a good memory. When I asked, uh, like Jamie's family are all country folks. Like. Yep. Her dad worked for the shop for 35 years, did the same thing, read the paper. They're like, like, leave it to Beaver family, right? Yeah. That's not how I operate. Right. But I had to ask her dad the same thing. And so they were so country, they had a wild game dinner. Like, I don't do wild game dinners. No, that's strange. But it was at a church, right? Yeah. So when you go to a church, what do you think if you've never been to a wild game dinner, but you go to a church that you would wear? Yeah. Uh, a suit. To a wild game dinner? I, that's what I thought. Okay. So I wore a suit. Yeah. Every one of them folks were in red plaid and jeans. And I walked into the suit with like, preacher's here. I'm like, oh my gosh. I look so stupid. Yeah. And after that, I asked her dad to marry his daughter and it turned out well, but it did not go as cool as yours yeah. when it come to asking. I didn't bring him anything because you didn't tell me not to wear a suit. So you don't deserve a watch. <laughs> that's right. Right. Oh man. What's your so guys' relationship? Oh, they're cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're cool. cool. I mean, I, I have, I have, I've always had a good relationship, but they're like, they're even more conservative than, than Jamie is. Wow. I mean, way, it takes them seven months to determine what toaster they're going to buy. Wow. Like everything is all methodical and they do the same thing, golf six days a week and yeah. it, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. So, yeah. but okay, I'm going to ask you a question and then I'll answer this question, but give a short story, an emotional short story that your wife did something for you or said something that brought you back from a low point? Mm. Um, you know, it's interesting. So 
when I was leaving San Francisco, and I, I, I rarely share this story, um, I was in a really dark place at that time uh, when I was connecting with her. Uh, I owned a, um, a nightlife transportation company. So I was taking Greyhound buses and then converting them into vehicles to transport kids from colleges to their nightclubs because there were so many kids that were getting DUIs yeah. and just like killing themselves on the road. Mm -hmm. So I created this nightlife transportation to get them to and from safely. And one of my drivers, um, and, and he was cleared, he was innocent on this thing, but he was being investigated for a rape charge of a passenger. Mm. And I was concerned that all of the civil suit of that was going to fall on me as the owner of this bus company. Mm -hmm. At the time, I'm like 23, 24 yeah, right. year old kid, right? I can't deal with right. all of that. And so because I was concerned about that, and there was a lot of changes happening in San Francisco. I was like, rather than um, getting into jams with trying to get all of my passengers into various nightclubs around the city, I'll just open up my own nightclub. I open up my own nightclub, New Year's Day, 2006. We, That's a date I that i cannot believe you're telling me this story because it is so... It's so ironic to the story I'm going to tell you. I, we really? Are so, oh my God. Really? Okay. Let's go, man. This is so, nuts. Yeah. So, so New Year's Day, 2006, and I'll never forget this date because it was like such a, a what just happened moment for me. Um, but it was the grand opening of my nightclub. Everything was going well that night. And then right as we're closing, I'm in the back room counting the money. And it sounded like, um, so that roll-up door that we have back yeah. here, it sounded like someone was pounding on a door just like that that was in the nightclub. And um, Prince uh, or Kingsley, one of my brothers, comes running in, and they were like, Kenny, throw the money in the ceiling. We need to get out of here now. And I said, why? What happened? They said, those were gunshots. They just shot someone at the front door of the club. And I said, what? And I rush to the front door, and this guy's head is just split open, right? And I just felt like my world just paused. And I know you see stuff like this on a regular basis in your work. It's but still for tough, me, man. Right? It was yeah, the first time traumatic. I had ever seen anything like yep. that. And it seemed like the world just stopped. And I'm looking at a dead body of a guy who I had just seen moments ago saying bye to everyone in my club. And now he's on the ground. And his brother was on the floor. And like as I felt like the world was spinning for a moment, then his brother starts pulling on my pant leg um, and he goes, call the cops, man, call the cops. And I was like, no, get off of me. Like I was just so freaked out about everything. Get off of me. And I told um, security, lock everything up. We need to get out of here. Oh and so gosh. we shut everything down. We go running out the back door as we hear the police sirens pulling up to the front door and we go running through the alley. And so here I am, I'm like 23, Panicking. 24 years old, freaking out because I'm still dealing with the civil suit of what one of my bus yep. drivers is going through. Mm -hmm. Now it's shooting at my nightclub. And you're I, married at this time? No, I was a single guy living okay. in San Francisco, okay. right? I think this was um, a little before Prince was like, you should call Sabrina. Got it. Right, so back to your question about her pulling me out of a low point. Yep. The depression, stress, anxiety that I was dealing with at that time, I was living in a high rise in San Francisco. And before I would go into my, um, my parking garage, I would circle the building a couple of times just to make sure it was safe for me to go in. And then I would park my car and then I would run to the front door because I didn't feel safe until the doorman said, good evening, Mr. Wadi K, right? And then I'm like, oh, like, then I feel yeah. safe inside the door. There's security here. So like I was that stressed out about everything Every that was going on day. in my life, yeah. right? And this was day in and, and day out. And I was like, I can't live like this. Um, and so I had moved to Oakland just to get away from San Francisco. And then that was when Prince had said, um, what's up with Sabrina, you know? And I called her up and in meeting her, I was just like, I want to put this entire life behind me and start a, a new life. Yeah. And now here we are going on, uh, what, we just celebrated our, what, 11 years? Do you remember, years? was there something she said that triggered that recovery? Is there anything? Or she didn't it, have to say anything. It was just this there. this place of feeling like you're home now. Right. Like you've you've been running around. She was the doorman of your life. There you go. The doorman where I just felt safe. Exactly. Yeah. Like when I would rush into my condo and the doorman would say good evening. Yeah. Right. It was just, I'm home. I feel safe now. Right. And so in reconnecting with her, it just felt like yeah. home. And I haven't looked back on that life at all, you know, where 
going back into nightlife and all that. Like, yeah. I know what comes with that. Yeah. I don't know how people can stay in that industry for so long. There's so much darkness and I evil know, in that space. Oh my gosh, this right? is crazy. And so, so I had to leave there. And so what she did was help me visualize what home looks like. That's and so it. now as I'm sitting here with five kids, yeah. right. And, and our in-laws here and things that we've created together, yes. it was the right move. It's, it's home. So, all right. So your story. Wow. Uh, very, very ironic. So I've always been a hustler. I bought my first horse cash when I was nine because I wanted a pony. I've always had jobs. And so when I, when I met Jamie, yeah, she'd always known that I've had this, this, this hustle mentality. I've never had less than three jobs my whole life. Oh. And I've always had businesses I've wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, so um, we were young married couple, uh, had one son and um, second one on the way and everything was rolling. And I've always wanted to do this. And uh, I just never had the, the the green light to do it. So one day we're out in a holiday inn yeah. and we're on a vacation with my two little ones. And I wake up, and I'm like, oh, I want to do this. I'm going to build commercial haunted houses. Wow. I love doing it. Yeah. And I love creating that entertainment environment. So I told Jamie, I said, hey, what do you think about me building a commercial haunted house in Flint? I said, yeah. that's like a big money maker. Yep. I said, it's just a short amount of time. And she's like, I don't know. Go ask some questions. So I called up Jim Vogel. He was my pastor at the time. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, what does the Bible say about haunted houses? <laughs> and uh, he goes, you know, he goes, I, I mean, it's not going to say anything other than don't make it, you know, right. satanic or evil or stuff like that. Yeah. And I've always been able to get into people's heads. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking I'm going to do a diversion scare haunted house based solely on phobias because that's wow. where true fear comes yes. in. Like if you're going to scare me, bring a snake and I'm fighting. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, that's... So I told Jamie, she was, she was very tempered in her approval. Yeah. And, uh, the first time I did it, the first year I did it, I had this superstructure, and, uh, it was obviously, you know, very time consuming from September all the way through September, October. And then of course you got to do the cleanup once October 31st hit. So it's a three month op opportunity, right? And uh, the first year I did, I was gone every Friday and Saturday night. And then I would go I Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then I'd open up on Sundays. And in the first year, it, we, we broke even, right? Yeah. And it was fun. Mm -hmm. It was fun. But the crowd that comes to a haunted house on a Friday, Saturday night at eight o'clock till two in the morning is the nightclub crowd. Yeah. So, I mean, you're hearing and seeing everything and everybody's wasted and, and you know, smoking bud and all this. And, and during the day, I'm a police officer. Yeah. And then, and there's times I was working third shift. So I was putting us all together. Right. And, uh, so I said, you know, my personality, if some's good, more is better. So mm -hmm. we're going to do it a second year, but bigger. Yeah. So I expanded and she didn't like it then. And uh, did the second year, did the third year, did the fourth year, did the fifth year. And every year I did it, she'd be like, I don't want you to do it. Because now I'd have to start building in August. So why would you keep doing it if you're That's wife... right. Wow. Be because Jamie is my balance, but she also, uh, you know, she'll put her foot down. And, and trust me, if you met her personality, Sabrina is not going to let you run over her. Mm. But she's going to give you a little bit of room to, to figure, it out. figure it out. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what Jamie is. So I just knew it. Now my kids were older. I remember one time I actually had Bible study at my house and then say, Hey, listen, I got to leave. I taught it, I had to leave. I had to go to the haunted house and it was called cell block 13. Yeah. And it created such a, a frenzy. People like look forward to it. Right. Mm -hmm. So the fifth year I said, I'm going to make it bigger and better. So I decided to, to move. And for whatever reason, the place I was going shut down. So yeah. I had a whole year of a gap that I couldn't have a haunt. And I'm like, dang it. And uh, it was a great year. Jamie enjoyed it. But the next year, I went buck wild and we had just sold a business that I started in 01 and it was an inflatable entertainment business and uh, we did really well on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I bought an investment house and uh, I said, I'm going to put money into this five haunt, haunted heart, haunted house warehouse. Yeah. So I leased a huge 80,000 square foot warehouse oh, wow. and I was building five haunts because I'm thinking, man, if they're coming here already, now they could choose which one. They could buy a package. You know yeah, how it is. Yeah, you yeah. just roll with it, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we were good and we yeah. had a great reputation and we were getting, you know, rated one of the top haunted houses in Michigan, not just mid-Michigan, Michigan. Yeah. And I, I would think about it all year and we had live snakes in these things. And I mean, like it's if somebody crazy. come around a corner and they were scared of, of, of confined spaces, they'd walk in a room and I'd have parachutes that flate and just, oh, and just man. squish you right in there. Yeah. And then I had a room where all these strobes were and there were snakes all over the walls. And we had people with real snakes 
But the people with the real snakes were after the people with the fake snakes. So when you'd go up to somebody, they'd be like, oh man, that's a fake snake. And yeah. then the next one, they're like, that, that's a real. We had people run through walls <laughs> and I'm just loving it. Yeah. I remember one time looking at the haunt because it's all covered, right? So we had smoke and everything and lights. And I'd hear different groups throughout the haunt know exactly what prop they're at. Yeah. And what actors really doing their job. And, uh, and I would always sit back. I'm thinking, man, this haunt is alive. Yeah. It's breathing, right? And uh, so when I did the five haunt project, starting it, I started it. We ended up in October. I started it in November mm -hmm. for the next year. Yeah. And I, uh, I was putting money in it. We spent well over $100,000 just in that, that year building wow. out this haunt, right? And I was taking the profits of the business that I just sold that Jamie and I created out of nothing. Yeah. So take the profit from the business we created, put into something that she doesn't want me to do. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm all in. I remember getting a call in August, late August, and uh, it was one of my managers that, are, that is doing all the projects, and we'd already had three and a half haunts built. Mm -hmm. I'm talking full haunts. Like, there was a, uh, um, one particular haunt, it was, it was a whole house. It was like yeah. an old vintage haunted house, right? It had all these rooms. Anyhow, man, he's like, listen, the city just stopped by, and, and they gave me a, a slip, and it's a stop work water slip. Yeah. I'm like, What? So I drove over there and I'm looking at it and I call up the city and I'm like, what is this? I'm like, yeah, you need to stop work. Wow. I said, we open in three weeks. I said, I got crews over there. I've spent my my whole life savings on this. So yeah. like, no, why? You want to guess why? Why? We didn't have a fire suppression system. Wow. You just can't put a fire suppression system in. Yeah. And I literally, I, I, my, I was just like, it was just like you looking at that guy with his head split open. I'm like, I can't believe this. And and we were living in an investment house that my monthly nut was almost 2000 a month because I bought this big house to turn over. So I had that house project going. I had all the money I put in here. And I looked at it and I'm like, I've got nothing left. Like wow. I, I can't. And, and I just got shut down. So that cease and desist was like, done. you couldn't even do the three I days. I couldn't even do it. Wow. I, I couldn't even, it was done. Yeah. And uh, I remember driving home and Jamie didn't know about it and uh, went to the house that I was told you and uh, I said, you need to sit down. And she's like, what's wrong? And I had this this empty look on my face. And uh, I get emotional telling the story now because I literally felt like I stole from my family. You know, wow. I got two kids now. I got a wife. You know, my wife had, had taken care of the kids. And uh, I just sat on the couch and I was just like devastated. And she's like, what's wrong? And I said, I lost everything. How and she's like, what are you talking you at about? That, at that point? I was uh, Riley Jordan. Uh, I was probably like uh, 33. 33. Yeah, we're talking just like. Like uh, 13 years ago, and, and 14 years and ago. two kids. Two kids. My wife doesn't work. She takes care of the kids. My kids go to Christian school. I'm paying all this, and, and I'm just hustling, just trying to do this, right? Yeah. And uh, I said, I, I lost everything. She goes, what do you mean you lost everything? And then I just I just broke down, man. I started sobbing. Wow. Because I felt like I, I cheated on my family, you know, by yeah. doing this. And I just said, I know you told me not to do it. I know you told me, and I shouldn't have done it, but I just got to stop work order, and we're done. I lost everything. And uh, she came over, sat right next to me, and she's like, listen, I didn't marry you for money. We can make it back. Yeah. And when she gave me that approval, I looked at her, I said, I'm going to make it back tenfold. Yeah. I made a promise. And I would never, ever from that moment, including this show, ever do a business project. I see it, Luke. <laughs> I would never do a business project without her approval. Yeah. Wow. You know that timing thing? We got to do something about that. Yeah, we just need to just not. Luke have must them. think that I can't see six feet in front Yo, of me because everywhere I Dunn, look, he does the same thing. I'm like, Luke, I see it. We got two minutes left. Last episode, right Christina in the middle of this emotional the thing, story, like, right all up in my face, and it throws me off. That's right. It. So yeah, we do need to tell That's you right. more clocks, Seriously. man. Luke, this is for you. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you this. I uh, I remember that day just like you remember that day. And my wife is my balance, and and she's my equal. Um, we only have just a few minutes left, so my my final question to you is: If there's one piece of advice you would give a a spouse, a man out there, somebody who's in a relationship, to uh, to prove that if you do this, this will work with that, and then and I'll close it out in mind. That's good. Um, well, I I think because it's Valentine's Day, and and so we're talking about like it, with your question in connection to like love and relationships and and family. Um, sometimes when you know, you just know, right? Mm -hmm. It sounds like with your story, you knew within a few weeks, that's who you were supposed that's to right. marry. And, and I think a lot of guys, especially young guys, and, and part of this message, I hope my brother Prince watches it because he's kind of going through this transitional phase right now. 
And I think there's too many guys, probably men and women, that say, I will start my life or I will make this connection with a person mm -hmm. when I have it all together. Sometimes we're broken pieces that need to connect with yeah, another broken yeah. piece in order to, to move forward and, and build a life. And, and I meet so many people that are miserable, that are lonely, that are going through depression because they feel like I just can't get it together yet. And until I get it together on my own, I can't see myself connecting with another person. As you just heard in my story, I was broken pieces. Yeah. And then now here I am yeah. with a family, right? Yeah. And it sounds like even in, in your story with losing everything, yeah. a lot of people would have just held their head down in shame or possibly even left or walked away knowing yeah. that they made a mistake. And instead you came back and you humbled yourself yeah. and said, we're going to do right. this. And, and now look at where you are because of that. And she didn't blame me. You know, she didn't pour it on me just like yeah. Yep. You know, and, and then, and you built and you got back to where yep. you needed to be. And, and so I guess this message is for everyone, especially on Valentine's day, when everyone is thinking about love and relationships, but when you find that relationship where you just know, mm -hmm. don't pull back from it because you feel like, ah, oh, I don't have everything. I'm not ready. Yet. Ready never comes. Right. It won't come. Yep. And, and so instead you find that person who ready hasn't come for them yet either. And together you build together, right. you make those mistakes and you make those steps that get you to the point of where you need to be. So same question for you. Then. Yeah. I would have to say based on experience, um, when I, when Jamie speaks, she speaks wisdom. And when you look at a, 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 a wife's actions into a relationship, she is deserving of the honor to, to validate her work in the yeah. relationship. And that it's not always about Chris. Like I need to know who Jamie is, who her temperament is. I need to know her love language. I need to master it every day. Don't ever take it for granted. Yeah. You know, how you look, your physical attraction mm -hmm. to your spouse, how you treat them, uh, how you look out for them, yeah. how you prepare for the future. You know, I, I look at it as, as she was given a, she was given to me as a gift. I mean, you asked Sabrina's father for his most precious commodity. I asked Ron Demerley for that. And we owe it to those guys yeah. to take care of those. And, and, and so the respect and love that you have for a spouse, when you're in the middle of a riot or you're in the middle of, of literally blood and guts, and you know when you can go back to your safe house. They Absolutely. they deserve to be honored for what they put up on their end for what we do. And for that, I uh, I would say to those out there, respect the ones that you have pledged your life to and wow. don't ever take it for granted. So this episode is uh, dedicated to Sabrina and to Jamie, to all the families. We love you. Awesome. This was great. That was it. We did it. Episode, <laughs> Valentine's Day episode. <laughs>